I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participation restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome back to Talk of the Tune, a Newcastle United podcast. My name's Will. And this week, I'm just joined by my co-host and good pal, Hodgie, because Gray is in the middle of fucking Northumberland, swanning it, having a nice holiday for himself, lucky bastard. Yeah, Reed Hodge? I'm good, mate. You? Yeah, well, you know, some of us are taking this podcasting thing seriously. You know what I mean? Some of us are taking <laughs> You might actually listen this week, because you know how paranoid he gets. You'll just think we'll be talking about him the whole time and digging <laughs> yeah, him out. Probably, <laughs> I was thinking about <laughs> Hey, fucking hell. Anyway, Hodge, if you had the choice, would you rather go back in time or forward into the future? Do you get to come back? <laughs> like, when you when you go, do you just go and then you're stuck? Or do you get to come back? No, I can come back. Doctor Who vibes. You can come back. Well, I'd go forward in time to win the Euro Millions and then just come back and then put me numbers on. Mind you, knowing me, I'd forget what the numbers were. <laughs> so I'd have to... <laughs> Try and write them down on tattoo <laughs> on my body or something. Oh, fucking hell. Well, okay. I think I'll probably go back in time, you know, go there medieval times, just right. see the absolute carnage that's going on. But not stay there, obviously. If it was a case <laughs> of staying there permanently, then, yeah, I'm not having any of that. But it'd be dead cool to go back in time. Anyway, since we last spoke, Hodgie McHodgeson has actually got married. Hodgie getting married to his now wife, Alicia. So huge mm. congratulations again, Hodge. Do you remember much of the day? Uh, it all went really quick. Like, I can remember some bits of it. I just remember Connors just being like, are you nervous? Are you, are you nervous? Are you ne-? Like, ask me every 10 minutes, are you nervous yet? But uh, <laughs> no, it was all good. Um, I think everyone had a good time, didn't they? Ah, it was fantastic. Yeah, it was a really, really nice wedding at Wylam Brewery. Cunny, I don't know what he was talking about, turned around to him at one point when you were doing your vows and his eyes were just full of water. I was like, you <laughs> soft cock. You absolute <laughs> soft cock. But no, it was a great day. So I'm glad I'm glad you both had a nice time. Got any mini moon plans? Uh, we went up to Peebles and then keeled over the camper van. Um, but the oh. problem is going to be next year sometime when all the travel kind of bullshit's finished and, and whatever. All this so. COVID shite, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Uh, where are you going to go on your honeymoon? I don't know. We're not really looked. Alicia wants to go to the Maldives, but I've seen the price mm-hmm. choked a little bit, so <laughs> wait and see. <laughs> Dead bougie, that like. Yeah. Well, speaking of the wedding, it was actually during the wedding that we were playing Manchester United mm-hmm. and uh, it didn't get off to the best start. Cristiano Ronaldo's debut. I think we'd spoken about it in the previous episode. We thought if he played, he's going to smack us around. 
Lo and behold, he played and he smacked us around. So they go 1-0 up through Cristiano on his homecoming to or his return to Old Trafford. Then, it's the hope that kills you, man. Honestly, Javi Mankio bursts into the box and makes it 1-1. We thought, oh, hello, what's going on here? And without going into too much detail, like the match ended <laughs> 4-1 to Manchester United. <laughs> this is what I mean about the hope killing you. Great day out for the Newcastle United fans, I think. They're all having a great time, especially when Manquillo scores to make it 1-1. I can't say we were expecting anything in terms of points or a result from the match. So I can't say I'm really that disappointed. It was a bit like, oh, all right, okay then. But yeah, I'm not too disappointed personally. It was a bit of a case of onwards and upwards for me. Anything you've got to add to, to that result, Hodge? Not really, but a just testament to what we think of Newcastle at the, at the current period. Because you said 3-0, I said 4-0 and Grace said 6-0 <laughs> for, the, for the game. So yeah, we didn't go into it with uh, too much hope, like, did we? At least I got the goal difference correct. I said there was going to be a three-goal difference. Mm. So I'll take that, I guess. One thing I wanted to point out, we've obviously been quite... Um, complimentary of Freddie Woodman in his debut Premier League season. Hmm. Do we think he could have maybe done a bit better with some of the goals Man United scored? I saw a couple. One of the Ronaldo goals went through his legs. Hmm. I think another one of the Man United goals he could have done a lot better on. Thoughts on that? I think it's hard in the moment. It's just one of those days. It was a big day for him and and for the club because if we could have stolen a point after that Mankiw equaliser, it would have been really good. It would have been like a three-point thing. Um, Yeah. But... Obviously, it's just a big occasion and he hasn't played in in too many of those. I mean, he's played in the Championship a lot, but as, as we all know, the Championship is a completely different league to what the Premier League is. So it's just it's just a question of time uh, and how it kind of goes yeah. with him. But I don't, I don't know. I don't think he could have done any better. I think we've had good performances out of him and he's probably due a, a kind of a lapse. And if the lapse comes against Manchester United, then that's okay. I'd rather he have a blinder next week against Watford if he get if he plays then have a good game against Man U and still lose if you know what I mean we've probably got yeah, more yeah. of a chance to get something against Watford bit of like a 12 days of Christmas song isn't it on you know he's got three penalties in three matches four <laughs> goals conceded in his fourth match I just wonder what's going to happen in his fifth match is that when he's not going to concede any I, I don't know I don't know but uh, yeah he's he's certainly had an interesting start to his Newcastle United or at least Premiership career Mm. I had loads of people telling me afterwards, like, oh, yeah, you guys were really good in the first 25 minutes, first 20, 25 minutes. It's like, well, it doesn't fucking matter, does it? We lost 4-1. It doesn't matter if we're good in the first 20 or 25 minutes. We're still yeah. shite. Mm-hmm. Just if only games could last 20 or 25 minutes, then I think we might actually have a chance of getting a point or two. Yeah, maybe. Not good, but uh, let's move swiftly on. We then played Leeds at home. Mm-hmm. Another home game for us. Really what it should have said on the fixture card was ASM FC 1, Leeds United 1. Because mm-hmm. we're we're slow. I was going to say slowly becoming. We are very much dependent on our star man, Alain Saint-Maxima, who pops up with a goal. Do you want to talk through the match in a little more detail, Hodge? Because obviously I wasn't watching. I was oot and a boot. But I know you and Gray were both watching it. All in all, as a kind of overview, game could have gone completely either way. There was there was plenty of chances from either side, and if all the shots on target actually went in, it could have been like a six six. This game, it was, um, yeah. it was quite it was quite intense at some points to watch. If you were a neutral watching it, you might not have been too flattered about the skill of the football that was on show, but you would have been excited that you'd seen quite a lot of goals <laughs> flying in. But obviously, it didn't kind of happen that way. There was a couple of things that were a little bit amiss with the game. I think um, oh, who was the who was the um, Mike Dean? Mike Dean was refereeing. And he made some absolute shocker calls like he does 
Didn't he also just stand in the fucking way of Isaac Hayden when Hayden was going for a was like yeah. free on the edge of the box and going mm-hmm. for a shot? Yeah, so he's so he did that, and he also carded Richie after about eight minutes for a, a like a kind of a hard tackle. But the start of the game, that sort of thing needs just a, a kind of a speaking to and just set the precedence for the, for the rest of the game. And it was mm-hmm. quite a cheap yellow card, I would have thought. Then there was a an injury break for Rafina after that, after the challenge, because he was just diving and rolling over the floor. Obviously inspired him because he he scored, but I'm mm-hmm. sure you've seen the goal in the highlights. It's a complete fluke. The way that it yeah. kind of goes in, it's a deep cross by him into the box and. Our players aren't really anywhere near, but the other lead striker moves in the way. I think, what's the name? Is, is it Roberto or something? Anyway, he kind oh, of moves in the um, way. Rodrigo. Rodrigo, that's it. He just kind of moves in the, into the way in the eyeline of, of Darlo and goes in. It's just one of those where you just think, well, how can I look at any worse? <laughs> and it, it just, honestly, I was me and Gro just sat there like, what on earth has just happened? Like, this just sums up our kind of look at the minute. Yeah. But a kind of a break for them as well, I suppose, because they've got so many injuries at the minute. Mm. So they were obviously counting on that. Then we had like a decent little spell. We woke up after that. A couple of shots on target. Richie hitting the post, actually, before then St. Maximum breaking the deadlock 10 minutes later. <laughs> the ball, uh, Joe Linton actually played quite well, held the ball up, um, knocked it back inside to... ASM who took five touches with me and Gray just going shoot shoot <laughs> and then he eventually managed to worm his way through and and slot one in the corner so quite a good finish overall good goal. yeah good goal second half was up and down either team could have really taken it I thought Newcastle did play well and I thought Joe Linton played well it's just he can't shoot for Toffee he had three shots on the edge of the 18 yard box and both sent him at the rose head of the Gallagher it just sums him up he works hard and he's got the ability to get himself into these areas and, and do good things. He's just got no guile to kind of finish the game off, which is annoying. I think me and you touched on it as well. And what me and Gray were saying, actually watching the game, is he could be a centre mid. If he had a bit more of an engine on him, the way that he plays and holding up the ball and winning actually decent tackles, whilst not really giving away a foul uh, on many occasions, he's got no right passing ability, so he can put it out there. A little bit what Hayden can do sometimes. It could be good, but he's just there's there's no way that he kind of fits in the team right now. But like I say, ASM again was on fire as usual. He's just showing what he does week in week out. That's why I put him in a fantasy team for this week. But I would definitely say Julian had a good game after me slating the shit out of him on the last podcast. Yeah, that was going to be my thing. Also, on the centre mid, Joe Linton thing, do you not think there's just too many areas that he would need to improve forever that, that to be kind of viable? Like He's a bit yeah. too lazy for me to be a, a centre mid. You, mm. you mentioned, obviously, he needs a better engine, but I just don't think he's got that combative spirit that you necessarily need to dominate that middle of the park. Yeah, and I think he's. it's not like saying that would be a fix. It's just he shows yeah, yeah. characteristics of that, but he, he shows probably more characteristics of that than actually being... Uh, a striker anywhere else you yeah. might as well just slot him in at left back at this stage <laughs> uh, water boy water boy yeah uh, <laughs> fourth official in order of importance of things i wanted to discuss about the leeds game number one was asm celebration fucking mm-hmm. crack me up so much i don't know where he comes up with these dances in his own <laughs> mind but he ends up always looking so sick i just think mm. he's the coolest guy ever like did he then run into the crowd afterwards as well he's just he lives yeah. for it. he just lives for the fans doesn't he Mm-hmm, massively so gutted if we lost him like i know we say this about all these players all our best players we fall too deeply and madly in love with and they always end up leaving us don't they yeah 
people like the Denver Bars, Johan Kabais, the Genie Vinaldums, they always leave us in the end. So I don't want to get too attached to ASM, but he's absolutely, mm. he's top gravy. It just gives, in, in times of such sadness around Newcastle at the minute, he just provides a spark that just makes you want to actually watch Newcastle again. Yeah. Even though you know we're just going to look shit and we're going to probably not win and we've still got Bruce, you just go... And we know he's too yeah, good I want him to get the ball out wide and run at people because that looks class. Like the tricks yeah. that he does and everything, it's mint. That's all we want to see. We want to see exciting football, like a bit of a spark, a bit of something. Like Jamie Carragher and Gary Neville... I think finally understand now after being mm. at the Newcastle game, speaking to the fans beforehand. Hopefully something has sunk in. I think they were quite good in their pre and post match analysis of Newcastle United. I mean, Alan mm. Shearer has been banging on about it for years, but finally, hopefully people are starting to realize what we're on about and we're not I just understand. deluded fans that have got delusions of grandeur. Like mm-hmm. all we want is to <laughs> enjoy a fucking game of football, which we're just <laughs> unable to do at the minute. There was another point in that game, actually, which I thought was great. Me and Gray were absolutely cracking up at it. And there was a point in the game where Bruce was shouting for Richie and Richie comes over and the camera is on like kind of a flat level pitch side, looking straight at Graham Jones and, and Steve Bruce. Mm-hmm. Steve Bruce starts talking to Richie about some sort of tactics and Graham Jones just comes in and basically goes, shut up, Bruce. And then starts, <laughs> o- starts talking over Bruce and telling Richie what he should be doing. And then Bruce kind of just goes up and just, oh, right, up then, and just takes like a step back and just lets him do his job. Yeah. And it just shows you like, you can't be in charge. Like, absolutely can't be in charge. Where Graham Jones stands in and says that and he does it twice. He does that to Richie and the camera switches to something else and switches straight back because... Someone's obviously in the in the uh, control tower just went, they're doing it again, and he's doing the same thing. I think it might be in the Hayden, I'm not quite sure who it was, mm. but basically exactly the same thing again. No, I totally agree. I think it's interesting as well, because uh, Bruce and Graham Jones are both speaking to Richie or speaking at Richie. Mm. Uh, just, is it, a, is it a massive and glaringly obvious sign that Richie's not even interested in hearing what Bruce has to say. He's looking at Jones the whole time. Oh, yeah, 100%. So they're both speaking at him and he's just looking at, he's just listening and looking at Graham Jones the whole time. Graham mm. Jones isn't a fucking mug. Like, he's he's shown his credentials. He's shown his quality with all the teams he's been with. He's very, very highly regarded. Can you say that about Bruce? I don't think so. Nope. Gray messaged the chat just before we came on air came on air we're recording on tuesday by the way tuesday the, the 21st but yeah gray messaged the chat beforehand and said eddie howe's odds to become newcastle united manager have been slashed dramatically i don't know whether that's the book he's just trying to ramp up the prices or ramp up their profits or whatnot but i don't know they they tend to know something that most people don't and he was asking do we think this weekend is brucey's last chance You'd hope so, wouldn't you? <laughs> well, yeah, I'm, I'm really hoping so. But then How many the times time, have we said that, though? <laughs> same time, I don't want to lose to Watford. But then if, you, yeah, if he wins, does he stay? If he loses, he obviously must be in a real big potential firing line here because yeah. something, something needs to change and something needs to happen. And we've said this so many times, it needs to happen now, not mm-hmm. in another five games where we're another five losses down the line and we're still looking sluggish and slow getting closer to January and players are going, okay, I want to stay in the Premier League or I want to play in another top flight division somewhere else. Mm-hmm. I'm going to look to go. Or they're going to start and like like asking their agent, look, let's start touting my name about. What do you think? I'm in agreement, really. You don't want to drop points at, at Watford, a newly promoted team, but also 
who want him gone as soon as possible. But it also begs the question, who would who would step in? Is it Jones? Does Jones then have full creative license to do what he wants with the team? You might as fucking well like. You might as well give him, you know, the rest of the season to prove himself. Uh, I don't, again, want to get into that, fall into that trap of getting too ahead of ourselves and assuming that Graham Jones is the absolute dog's bollocks. He might mm-hmm. not be. It's just that he's working alongside Bruce and, you know, the, the reason for him coming in and the fact we paid Bournemouth such a big wedge of compensation and he's been away with England. If he was that good, why has he not been a manager so far? You know what I mean? Why has he not managed a lower league side? It could be that he's well suited to being an assistant. You'll, we'll never know until that time comes around. So I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves and saying, you know, sack Bruce, give Jones the job. Because what if that goes wrong? Then what mm. have we got to complain about? Yeah. <laughs> we'll have nothing to complain about. Would you take Eddie Howe? To be, I, t- I take him over Bruce. I'd say I think he's a bit more forward thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, but would he be my first choice? Probably not. I think that'd probably be um, Pep Guardiola. <laughs> uh, what about you? Would you would would you take Eddie Howe? Probably over Bruce as a choice, like you're saying. Probably not. But I mean, you've got to look at what he's done and what he did with Bournemouth. I know he took him from a long way down and brought him up and. But he didn't do amazingly well in the Premier League, but I think he had something like a 45% win ratio, which is better than Bruce's like 20%. So at least to start with, he should be just as just as doubly good. I don't know, it's a tough one. Plus, who, who wants to come to a club where we're in turmoil and don't know what's happening? Who would want to work for Ashley? But also, if you brought Howe in, we've got most of his old Bournemouth team. So at least he knows most of the players. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe you'll do um, Tim Ryan Fraser, I suppose. Um, but yeah, I think anyway, it's an interesting one. I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see what comes of what comes of Saturday when we play Watford. Call Darlow back in the team. I think Freddie Woodman picked up some form of knock, which brought Darlow back into the team. And from what I've seen, it seems like Darlow's had a very, very good game, at least when it comes to the fantasy football point system. Sounds like he's made a lot of saves, including saving someone the blushes of a, an own goal, I could see. Yeah, I think that was from Lascelles, wasn't it? Where he's trying I to think it might have been. the bar. Great save, that. Really good save. Who's to say that Woodman wouldn't have made the same save, but it seems to have had a bit of a positive impact bringing Darlo back in. On the vein of goalkeepers, I've seen today that uh, Martin Dubravka's back in training, nice. which is very, very positive. I don't think he's got a return date fully. That's probably going to be October now, mid-October to late October. Does Dubravka slot straight back into the starting lineup for you if he's fully fit? I think on recent performances and towards the end of the season, when uh, last season when Darlow was in, I think you've got to probably give him a chance and or at least just see them all in, in training and pick whoever seems to be in a bit of form. I mean, obviously Dubravka's had a good bit of time out. If you're going to start him, maybe start against someone a bit lower in the table. Um, hmm. But at the same time, we need to beat the people around us lower in the table. There's just so many dilemmas going on at the minute. And yeah. we're obviously out of a cup, so we can't risk him in a cup game. Bed him in. Um, yeah. Which is the Carabao is actually tonight, I think, isn't it? Um, yeah. A couple of teams playing. But there's so many hard decisions going on at the minute in terms of players and fitness and, and injuries. And if Dubravka yeah. comes back and has a blinder and he gets played from the start, then it, you're going to be hailed for greatness. But if not, and he picks up an injury because he's not fully fit and someone else could have done a better job, then... It's just catch-22, really, isn't it? It is. I think Wilson's meant to be back for this Watford game as well, isn't he? Uh, No, there's no return date for for Wilson at the minute. Just been looking at the Premier League injury tables and there's no return date set. They've been a bit wishy-washy with his return date, so I'm not sure. I'm not sure, but 
that was one thing I wanted to talk about, actually. On that vein, I've also seen a picture circulating today of Joe Willock in a protective boot. Oh, God. Which is not what we want to hear. The idea of Isaac Hayden and fucking Sean mm. Longstaff being the rocks of our midfield. Although it mm. sounds like Shelby could be back for, for Saturday. All right, okay. It sounds like we'll have three potentially fit centre mids available. But Willock, in my mind, hasn't actually done that much over the last few games. Typical us, this whole fanfare. We're very sluggish against Leeds, and that could be possibly he might have been playing through an injury. Well, you, you'd have to hope, wouldn't you? Because we've obviously seen his full potential towards the back end of last season. Let's hope he comes back with a bang at some point. We'll also hope that Shelby's back just to give us the depth and the options. But it sounds like it could be Sean Longstaff and Isaac Hayden partnering each other in the middle of the park. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wilson's obviously out, leaves us with one fit striker, and that's Dwight Gale. <laughs> but I've been hearing rumours, mainly from you, Monsieur Hodgson, that there's been mm-hmm. a bit of a, a bust up. Yeah. Want to go into more detail? <laughs> oh, there's another depressive thing in my life at the minute. Uh, <laughs> not really. <laughs> but, well, it's all speculation, isn't it? Who who really knows what's gone on? Sell it's, newspapers, man. Yeah, pretty much. Apparently, Graham Jones and, and Gail had a bit of a bust up and Lascelles had to break them up and it's all been built out into the press and whatever. But where, where do we know this comes from? Who knows? Well, it's Craig Hope, isn't it? The journalist Craig Hope. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean like who? Yeah, but he's I know, yeah, I know. real. Is it fake? Who knows? It's something that probably just needs to be dealt inwards within the club and, and something for us not to be worried about. Because Isn't Craig Hope it. that journalist that got shouted at by Bruce? Or the one that, well, Bruce, he hates most the Northeastern journalists. He hates <laughs> Lee Ryder. I'm pretty sure he hates Craig Hope. Because yeah. there was that whole bust up or he was apparently leaking stuff about, you know, Newcastle training camp and stuff. It's all just such a fucking rat's nest, isn't it? Like, yeah. It's just not what you want to be hearing or seeing. But who did we start up front against Leeds? It was a it was a strange one because I was going to um, say there was a couple of there was a couple of sites that were saying something different to what I was seeing on on some other ones because quite a lot of them had ASM playing as nine mm. and then Joe Linton out wide, but then some of them were showing Joe Linton as the nine and then. ASM out wide, so it was a it was quite strange. Maybe as they were just interchanging, which it what it seemed like to be watching the game. It was quite fluid up front with those two, and they were just kind of moving around. And most of our play actually came up the left hand side of the field. Not yeah. much went through the right hand side, so must have been the main the main thought of main thought of that. Yeah, I mean Isaac Hayden playing at centre half again when we've got two or three fit centre halves on the bench. What does that tell you? We've got Fabian Cher, Fernandez both on the bench, and we're playing Isaac Hayden at you know the third centre half. I just don't know what's going on with this formation at the minute. But it sounds like Brucey's been listening because we said bring Mankio back. He's brought him back the last two games, so he's obviously hello, Steve. Welcome back. <laughs> You're obviously listening again. Thanks for listening. Cheers, mate. Uh, boost our numbers. Again, of course, on Graham Jones's recommendation that he listens to the podcast. <laughs> but yeah, I think looking forward, we are currently sat 18th in the table with two points out of a possible 15, which is just mad to think of the teams that we've played. You know what I mean? Watford sat 11th in the table with six points out of a possible 15. It's mad to think that six points at this stage can get you all the way up to 11th. Yeah, so quite unconvincing so far, I think. that Even their two wins, I mean, they've, they've beat Aston Villa 3-2, but I think, Hodge, you said that they were 3-0 up at one stage and they've conceded two goals. Beaten by Brighton, beaten by Tottenham, beaten by Wolves at home. And they beat Norwich last week. And as we sit here recording, they're currently losing 1-0 to Stoke in the EFL Cup. So 
Hopefully that bodes well for us. You'd really, really like to think, regardless of it being away, that we'd go there and get some points. One thing that's always baffled me about Watford is why their badge is a moose or a deer, but their nickname is the Hornets. Hornets, yeah. Uh, What's crack with that? The Hornets must just surely come from the colour, black and yellow. Yeah, weird that. Maybe one for for another day. But yeah, how do you how do you feel we will get on against Watford, Hodgie? Um, I mean, I'd like to fancy our chances. ASM just running directly at the defence. Obviously, the defence isn't the best because of mm. the amount of goals they've actually conceded in in the previous games. You're just saying like the ship two late ones against Hilaire and stuff. I fancy our chances. I would like to say that it's probably going to be a two 0 win in Newcastle, or. Like I'm just trying to be positive. Usually I'm very glass half empty when it comes to Newcastle, but I just can't bear to do it anymore. Like that's that's where I'm at. I mean, if you ask me to change, because what did I say? We'll finish either 16th or 17th. If you yeah. ask me again now, I'd definitely say we're relegation 100. Ah, we're going down. But I just want to have something to have a good weekend with. If we can get two points off off Watford, I'll I'll, I'll be happy. But three points. Sorry, three points. So if we if we beat them two and he'll get three points, it'd be great. But who knows? If we lose and Bruce loses his job, I'll also be happy. But I'll also be. It's not that we've lost. It's it's such a roller coaster mix of emotions. Really How about you? What do you see us doing? Yeah, well, I'm saying that's obviously assuming that he would lose his job. It's obviously all speculation yeah, and yeah. maybe wishful thinking. Let's say mm. big believers in manifestation. Like if we just believe hard enough that we will win, then hopefully it will manifest itself. <laughs> uh, how do I think we'll get on? Yes, I'd like to think we've got it within us to get a result against Watford, but I've said that for every single fucking game we've played so far this season because, you know, I'm, I am Mr. Positive. Uh, Watford, I don't think we'll, I don't think we'll smack them around, but I think we'll, it'll be a 1 0 victory to the tune. All right. Who's, who's your goal scorer? ASM. ASM. I think he's got two goals and two assists in, I think he's, yeah, five games. He's got two goals and two assists, so he's very, very important to us this season. And but we're in danger of actually becoming ASMFC, as I say. Mm. We'll need others to contribute. Looking at you, Miguel Almiron <laughs> uh, and Big Joel. But yeah, I think hopefully we can go away and get ourselves a result. I've got a stat for oh, us yeah. here, which is our fixtures against Watford in the past. Oh yeah, going back to going back to nineteen twenty four since it was the first time we played Watford all the way until um, the 11th of July 2020 this is when we played them uh, last. Games won, 16. Games drawn, 15. Games lost, 16. Oh, so it tells us absolutely nothing. So it like, tells us absolutely sweet. How <laughs> that game's going to go. It's a close run thing then. just You'd want it to almost just to get so it's like 16, 16, 16, but that yeah. means you'd have to draw. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know we're going to get a draw now, don't you? You've fucking jinxed us now. Uh-huh. Thinking of Watford, do you remember that Fabrice Pancrat goal that yeah. he scored? I'm pretty sure that was against Watford, wasn't it? When he sure. spins and you're like, where the f- how, where's he gone? How's he done that? And he buries it in the top, yeah. And then did nothing else. <laughs> yeah, and then we never heard from him ever again. Well, yeah, I think that pretty much short one, obviously, because we don't have Grey chat and shite the entire episode this time round. Shows you how quickly and efficiently we can get things done, doesn't it? Hi, Grey, by the way, if you're listening. Hello. Hope you're having a nice time. Although his, his comeback would be he's doing better than you in Fantasy Premier League right now. Oh, don't say that. That's so yeah. I've used. I've had to use my wild card already. I've got it uh, horribly wrong this season. 
I've used my wild card already as well, but I was doing well, but I've just done it to like strategically hopefully get better. But I'm eighth at the minute. Oh man. I thought I was ninth. No, that's my that's my work Three, league where there's 15, only ten of us. And you will are twenty second. Christ. Out of twenty nine. John Carver's bottom. Which I think is I funny. I know I saw that. I hope it is the John Carver. It'd be hilarious if it oh, is, but I don't yeah, it's a really cracker. Oh, yeah, I saw that and it gave me a little, I chuckled a wee bit there. So we'll have to text Gray and ask him for his predictions for the Watford game. But you're saying 2-0 to the tune. I'm saying 1-0. All right, so next time we speak to you, we'll be looking back at the Wolves result. So we'll be recording shortly after the Wolves game. There's no point predicting that or, or talking about that because so many things can change in football. Should that be results or injuries, etc., etc.? So next time we record, we'll be looking back at the Wolves result and the Watford game. We'll be looking forward to our next game, which will be Tottenham Hotspur. And then we're recording in the middle of the internet. Is it an international break, Hodge? Uh, yes, I think it is, yeah. International break. So should keep you going through the international break. Well, there's no club football like. Hopefully six points better off as well after the uh, Watford and Wolves, the two Ws. You're dreaming, mate. I think you're absolutely <laughs> dreaming. Although Wolves aren't having the best start to the season. I think Wolves beat Watford a couple of weeks ago. Um, but I'm not sure they're having the best start to the season. I think they've got a few key injuries. Yes, let's cross our fingers and hope to the footballing gods that we can get six points from those two games and we can turn our season around. Desperately needed at this stage. One last thing I wanted to talk about before we go. Yep. Happy or sad? Or how do you feel about Rafa's team, Everton, flying high in the league at the minute? With three wins out of three wins out of five, one draw and a loss. How do we feel about that? Bitter? Well, obviously, it's going to be a bit better. I think someone described it to me as um, you break up with someone, then they get with someone who's much better looking, got much more money, <laughs> nice car, nice house, <laughs> and you're just sat there in your pants crying. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's just sums up our look, I think. <laughs> it's kind of funny, but I, I mean, they've had a bit of up and down. They've lost Richardson now as well. And it seems like James Rodriguez is going to be going to Qatar. From yeah, all places. Saw that. What a fall from grace. So well, yeah, it's, from Grace. it's very strange, but joining up with Rondon again, I mean, tugs at the I heart. Know. Things, I mean, you talk about like the ex-girlfriend or ex-boyfriend thing. Not only he's he's taken two of our other exes with him in Andros Townsend and yeah. bloody Solomon Rondon, who are linking up well. Seen Townsend's goal the other day. Absolutely ridiculous. They've got Rondon, Townsend and Damari Gray, who's been fantastic this season for a combined price of, I think, 1.6 million, which is ludicrous business. And really shows you we should have just let Rafa do whatever the fuck he wanted when he was here. You know, there's so many people that would argue that, you know, he spent all his time whinging about Mike Ashley and that he wasn't allowed to do this and he wasn't allowed to do that. Look what he can do when he's actually allowed to do his own thing. Yeah. Having said that, they were just thumped 3-0 by Aston Villa at the weekend. But and they're currently losing actually right now as well. They're losing 2-1 to QPR. But Yeah, I'm just looking at the same thing. Anyway, well, they're, they're <laughs> sat sixth on the table, which is a lot higher than we are. Yeah, he is showing his class quite a lot, Rafa. So, um, yeah, bit bitter, but want him to do well as an individual, I guess. That sounded quite magnanimous, didn't it? That sounded quite like I'm okay with it. I'm fine. Well, nice one. Yeah, I think it's probably wrap that up there, Hodgson. I think next time we record with you, we should have Mister Gray back, providing he's back from his swanning a boot in Northumberland. Before we go, though, we'd really appreciate it if you could give us a follow on Twitter at TOTT Podcast. 
You can find our podcast on all major podcasting platforms. And we would really appreciate it if you could give us a follow on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and maybe push the bird out like and give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. That would be fantastic. Anything to add, Hodge, before we go? No, I think that's pretty much it for this week, isn't it? We've covered all the bases and, and slagged off who we need to slag off, so... It's I feel much better. It's like it's th- <laughs> therapy, isn't it? Really, it's just a therapy session. Us just slagging people off. Good to talk. I know, but it's, this is going to be an absolute dream for me to edit as well. It's great. What a week! But yeah, that does it from us this week. We'll hopefully see you in the next one. But until then, we'll see you later. Bye. Bye. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.